Hi, everyone. It's Robert Allen. You're listening to the Wedding Podcast Network. I am here today with Bruce Pucciarello from Novell. He is a, uh, a jewelry designer. And um, thanks uh, for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, before we get into exactly what you do, why don't you give our listeners a sense of your background and how you came to be doing what you're doing? Well, um, I started working in... Uh 1971, um, you know, just learn, honing, honing the, the uh, different things involved in the crafting of uh, bridal jewelry from the bottom up, pretty much, and uh, actually started for minimum wage back in 71, which I think was like <laughs> about 2.30 an hour, and uh, just worked my way up and uh, got a little bit of a reputation as a designer and uh, worked for a few companies and uh, eventually realized that... Um, the best uh, approach probably was going to be to have my own company where I really had some freedom of artistic expression. So. Okay. Now, what advice, you know, and, and one of the things that we really pride ourselves on, on our programming is to be able to give our listeners advice and, and, and kind of the inside track to, you know, to wedding jewelry. It's It can be daunting. And, and speaking as a guy, you know, when you think about diamonds and jewelry, you know, all this stuff is thrust upon us. Oh, when we, you absolutely. Know, we didn't grow up, you know, shopping for jewelry and looking for things. It's just, you know, at least I didn't. And, you know, now we're at a point where we need to um, shop for a ring. You know, we found the right one and we want to go out and we want to, you know, get engaged and buy jewelry and, you know, and here it is. And what are some of the first steps that a couple you know, should take, or a guy, let's say, who's ready to, you know, get engaged. What, what are some of the first steps? How do you find someone you can trust, someone reputable? Well, I think that, uh, you know, one of the things specifically um, that guys encounter um, when they have to begin making preparations uh, for buying an engagement ring, and a lot of times they're lucky enough um, where the, their fiancé has given them concept of what our expectations right, or are. maybe gone shopping yeah. a little bit and as long as those expectations are re, you know realistic then that's a big help but the uh, the thing I find uh, that's the most scary is that it's one of the few things in life that you have to build up this tremendous knowledge base in order to make a, a educated decision and yet you're only going to use that knowledge base hopefully you know, one time once, right so um, it's a lot of work for one purchase um, typically anything else you 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 know invest your time learning you buy over and over even if it's a right. long period of time but right. it's your sure. car or house or you know something yeah like I, that. I think that it's really important for guys to to get out there and uh, be realistic about um, how much they could afford I think that you know they're gonna hear some things in different places that may or may not apply to them I know that one of the things that um, you hear a lot is that an engagement ring should cost two months' salary. Yeah, that's not always practical. Two months' salary, I think, will uh, could put them out on on the street. So that that wouldn't be advisable. But I think it's kind of an unrealistic uh, demand to put on guys. And some women don't, you know, want more, and some women want less. So I think you have to be realistic, and you really have to find a good guide. I remember exactly how I felt when I first heard that line read to me i don't remember where it was it might have been a tv commercial it might have been a magazine but um you know two months salary is you know 
is different things to different people. Exactly. Well, for me, when I started in the business, it was about a buck eighty, so <laughs> it wasn't a stretch. But. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's true. So, um, what are some of the places that, you know? And, and now there's a lot of uh, uh, presence on the internet, mm -hmm. places to to go. Certainly, you know, information wise, uh, I think it has helped a great deal to have the internet. Uh, to find that information, whether they be um, uh, from retailers or, or forums especially. I know forums uh, within the wedding world are, are very popular and uh, there are lots of forums out there that discuss uh, how to pick a diamond and, and information. Uh, and, and that's the key. I mean, it's, it's all about information and uh, the, inf the internet certainly does provide a great place to gather information uh, before you make a choice. Um, a lot of people need the personal contact that they're going to get at, at a jewelry store. I think it's very important that you um, you find a place where you're the most comfortable making a choice. Um, never allow anybody to sell you anything when it comes to bridal jewelry. It's too personal a decision. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your fiance um, to make sure that you invest some time and energy into getting your information and deciding for yourself where you want to be. I think uh, that's the best way to start a relationship, in a way. Right is, right. is you do the work. You invest the time in your relationship. Nobody else should be able to tell you what to do, how much to spend. I think the information is certainly out there. Use it and, and, and do the work. Okay. Now, some of the things that uh, a groom should know when shopping for... Uh, for a diamond, what are what are some of the basic things that they need to look at? Well, there there are you know diamonds are presented to the public in many different ways. Um, the reality is there are ways of telling uh, what a diamond really is. There are certain uh, laboratories that grade a diamond, and if you know if if you do the research and you and you learn how to read the reports, um, and it's not all that complicated, um, you'll be able to make an intelligent choice. Um, you just have to make sure that the certification for the stone you're buying is with a legitimate certifier there are all kinds of laboratories out there that use um, very similar names to the the ones that are extremely reputable so I, I I would resist giving you a list but say that if you go into one of maybe the local jewelry store that has a good reputation they'd be very happy to to supply with that information okay but it is it's something important now when you're looking at, at at a stone, should you care most about the quality of it, or is it just more of you should be picking something that you feel is beautiful and something that becomes you know special to you? How important is or are those numbers, those ratings, uh, to, in in actuality, in the long run? Well, as a designer, I mean, all I ever care about is how something looks. I am not going to invest myself in every little finite detail about um, a diamond because every diamond's a little different and I want to get as uh, as much explosion from that stone when people see it. To me it's always somebody noticing that piece of jewelry and going wow that's really great in, in a subtle way. It doesn't have to be explosive because it has this you know uh, crazy look but just because it's it, it has a soft um, presentation but it's noticeable um you know what i found uh very interesting was that over the last few years and i don't know how long it is but certainly since i've been noticing it let's say five or six years 
you know, are these what I've come to know are very expensive diamonds that are colors, that mm -hmm. are yellow. Absolutely. You know, and that maybe, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, would you have looked at that diamond and said, oh, yellow diamond, why would I want something like that? Well, that and now it's the most special uh, that you could have. It's funny how we uh, use the word tradition and yet tradition is always changing. So you wonder what tradition <laughs> is. I think, uh, you know, bridal jewelry has a special place in in that it's very, it has to be very durable in how comfortable you are with it. So I, I sometimes draw this analogy where I think in terms of walking into an art museum and you look at pictures on the wall and uh, one picture just jumps out at you and it's just, uh, you go, wow, oh my God, look at that, you know, and you can't take your eyes off it. And that picture would be the worst choice to hang on your wall at home because you'd probably be tired of it in about two months. Um, it's that quiet, um, alluring picture that you just look at and it makes you feel comfortable, that's bridal jewelry. Right. I think that colored stones or colored diamonds specifically are, are fine because they really don't challenge that. I mean, there, there's a comfortability in a yellow stone. Or, right. but, but I think that um, where you really have to pay attention is in the, the piece of jewelry that supports the stone. That's, that's really the critical choice. Right, the setting of, the of setting. Where, where it goes. Yeah, because I, I know, you know, over the years I've seen enough uh, friends who have, you know, picked that, that uh, first picture that grabbed them when they walked in because it made a big statement. Right. But you get tired of yelling the same thing over and over again. Right, so, for sure. Yeah, so what kind of happens is down the road I see them exchanging it and then they have to sacrifice a little bit of the, the sentimentality because right. now they're going to change their engagement ring. So it's, it's much smarter probably to really stay basic and traditional and comfortable that doesn't mean you can't do it in a very classic classy elegant way right you right. can but um tradition reinvents itself a lot um and as long as you stay within the boundaries of what what is comfortably traditional i think you're you're fine right right well now let's talk about the the next step in this process which is a process now that our bride and groom will experience together and that's choosing a wedding band. Um, what are some of the first steps in deciding what a couple should choose or will choose? Do they go out and, and look at um, you know completed rings first? Do they go to a, uh, a jewelry store and try things on? Do they choose the, the, the metal of the ring? What are what are your suggestions? What are, what's a, a good first step when well, choosing I, I, wedding bands? I think wedding bands are, are a natural segue um, from the last topic where we were talking about engagement rings. Uh, uh, for the bride specifically, what she chooses as a wedding band is going to, as an engagement ring rather, or what he chooses for her is going to in some very real way affect what her options are, which is why I preach simplicity and tradition and I try to try to recommend people try to stay within straight lines because traditionally um, girls like to wear the engagement ring with the wedding ring on the same finger afterwards now I, I also think it's a great option to switch the engagement ring eventually over to the right hand and that gives you a whole new palette for what you know right then you're not necessarily worrying about it absolutely other, but, but traditionally I think a lot of girls like to wear them together so that being the case I think that um, you have to be very careful what you pick as an engagement ring. So, and uh, you don't want to put, I mean, you don't 
you certainly don't want to end up um, with uh, subtraction by addition. You know, you put two beautiful things, you know, we're back in art, but you staple Whistler's mother to, uh, uh, you know, some other wonderful piece of art. And what do you have? Right. You have nothing. Right. So um, I think it's important to think in terms of metals. Metals are very important. Now, the, there, there are so many misnomers and so much confusion about different jewelry metals out there. It's probably something that um, I could, I could uh, throw a couple pointers out there that might be helpful. Yeah, I think that would be a good place um, to start. Platinum specifically, which, which I think is certainly the best option for bridal jewelry. And, and the reason it's the best option um, is very simple. It's almost always restorable to its natural state. So if you buy a ring 50 years later, you could usually restore that ring to its absolute uh, beginning appearance. Um, you really can't do that with any other metal on the market. Platinum, why, why is that? Platinum does not wear off the ring. It just moves. As long as it moves, you can move it back. It's very simple. Oh, okay. Okay. If you scratch another kind of metal, you're usually removing metal. With platinum, you're not. It's a very malleable metal. Now, platinum scratches just like other metals. It um, it dulls over a period of time a little bit from all the scratching, just like other metals. But the one difference is it's always 100% restorable, and that's that's big. Um, it's also a bit more expensive. But the reality is um, this is certainly the one thing for your wedding you're buying that you're going to be using for the rest of your life. So it's probably Absolutely. not the smartest place to cut corners. Sure. Um, then the other options that are out there are gold, um, yellow gold, which uh, typically is alloyed with other metals or mixed with other metals to make it harder so that it makes good jewelry. Um, now, is that also how the, the carrot is determined exactly. by the amount of gold right, right. that's in the finished piece. Pure, pure gold is 24 carats. If you make 14 carat gold, it's 14 parts gold, 10 parts other metals. And it may be uh, you know, various concoctions depending on uh, how you're working on the gold. What you're going to do, is it going to be made on a machine? Is it going to be made by hand? Is it going to be casted? There are all these different techniques and sometimes we vary the mix but you always have 14 parts gold and 14 carat. Okay. Okay, that's the one consistent thing. If it's 18 carat, it's obviously 18 parts gold or 75% gold. Okay. Okay. Now, so what would a uh, a wedding band, when you're choosing a wedding band, what, what type of gold would you choose? If I was picking gold, I'd probably pick gold for the color, and I would be going with the yellow uh a yellow ring because that's gold's natural color. Um, white gold is fine. Um, certainly a lot of white gold is sold, but the one thing people should know about white gold is that it's not really white. It's 14 parts gold, which is yellow, and it's 10 parts other metals that are used to give a whiter appearance. So what basically happens is if you put that up against the platinum ring in its natural state right. you'll see the white gold ring that looked really white up against the yellow gold ring looks really yellow up against the piece of platinum it's really not white now is that done in in mixing it or is it a layer of, no no of other metals the the original white color is done by mixing so you're going to change your alloys um to whiter alloys and it kind of bleaches the gold out a little and even though the gold will maintain a yellow hue it'll be have a whiter appearance but then the majority of white gold that's manufactured is also plated 
um, with a, a rhodium solution, which turns it really white, but that does wear off after time, and you ha would have to get it replaced. So, that, over so that's kind of a coating that's it's added a, it's a to coating it that's added to change for, for color purposes. And, co and co coincidentally, or maybe not coincidentally, uh, rhodium plating. Rhodium is uh, one of the metals in the platinum family, which is why it's so white. So in a, in a way, you're buying a gold ring, putting metal in to make it look more white, and then plating it with some platinum uh, you know, some, some platinum-based metal to make it look even more white. And in reality, if you had bought the platinum ring, you'd have your white ring and you wouldn't have to worry about Right, because that's mixes. the color of that, that metal. Absolutely. That's the color of that. Now, how much of a decision goes into metal choices dependent on what your hands are doing all day? Like, you know, especially for a guy picking a ring. Uh, and he may be in the uh, construction field or in automotive and, you know, should a guy wear his ring if he's uh, in the automotive field and exposing his hands to you know oils and grease and, and things like that? Well, what so, does that do to metal? So, cer certainly, um, there there are jobs that uh, men and women um, participate in where wearing a, a ring uh, presents some type of risk, um, i.e., open you know working machinery or you know maybe even unloading pallets where there are metal strapping and stuff. Or there are just there there are just Things people do where if, you know, if, if the ring presents a, a situation where they may get their hands stuck, that's not a good thing. You're certainly not going to wear your, your ring. Those situations, though, are pretty few and far between. Right. And I think sometimes uh, guys get to the point where it's time for them to wear their wedding ring and it's change, you know. I, I never wear any jewelry. You know? He's used to his watch. Right. Okay. But he doesn't realize that he gets used to the wedding ring, too. Sure. You know. I always see guys after the ceremony standing around and, and playing with the ring. Um, it, you know, it's almost like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine. Look at what's on my hand, you know. Yeah. And they're always, you know, touching it. But within, you know, a couple of days, you, you know, if that, it, sure. it's, uh, it, you know, it's a part of your hand. Um, and uh, but you know, it is certainly a consideration. Now, will um, when when you talked about being able to restore. A platinum ring. Mm -hmm. What do you do with gold uh, well, as time goes on? It's restorable. I mean, you can polish it, you can replate it, but when you polish gold or you, you restore it or make it like new, you will lose metal. So, you know, I, I, I don't think there's a clock you could put on it because it depends on how, what you were talking about, where, what a person does, how hard are they on a ring. But I guess a good rule of thumb would be that, you know, if you start out with a pretty heavy gold ring, It'll it'll could very well last your lifetime or at least half your life lifetime before it really wears down. And depending depending on the person, I mean, some people may get two lifetimes out of it. But um, right. if you have a platinum ring, um, it should be around five or six generations from now. And that, to me, is the kind of jewelry you buy to represent um, love. Sure. Seems to make sense, right? Yeah, I mean, right. you know, something that will last forever. Well, I mean, you know, I, I'm a sentimentalist a little bit, and I I do take design and jewelry very seriously. I I think it's uh, pretty special when I design something and somebody puts it on their finger to represent a relationship. Um, it's a little hokey, and this is a business, and you know, we certainly do it to make money. But by uh, having uh, a staff that feels that way or it understands the complexity of the commitment people are making to us, I think that uh, we just do better 
by feeling that way. And I think that um, one of the things uh, you know you you want people to consider when they're picking a ring is not necessarily what it's going to mean to them, but what it'll mean to their great grandchild, which is a lot more. Because no matter how much you, you know, when you take your ring out of the box and you see it for the first time, no matter how, how tickled you are at how, how cool it came or, wow, that's just what I had envisioned or, oh, look how it sparkles, there's no, nothing that's going to be quite like your great-granddaughter getting great-grandmom's ring and saying, wow, this is, you know, this has been through you know, Aunt Mary and this person right. and that person. And what an opportunity, you know, to create something special. And we don't have that a lot. I mean, you're not going to do that with your car. Right. That's, okay. that's you sure. really, and, you know. and, and it's so true because uh, I was married in my grandfather's wedding band. Okay. And it was as simple as a wedding band could possibly be. But it meant something. It, you know, it, it, it was all about, you know, what, and it was too big for me. And it didn't matter. That was the ring that, that I was married, and that's what I'll always remember. And that's that's bridal jewelry. It's not about the complexity of the piece of jewelry. It's about the complexity of life that it represents. Right, because it truly is just a representation. That's it doesn't all it mean is. the love. It's, it's an endless it's something circle. That shows, exactly, it, it shows it. Um, talk to us a little bit about the different types of wedding bands, shape wise, um, okay. because I think that that definitely plays in on that comfort level you mm -hmm. know if you haven't worn a ring before you haven't been used to to that uh you know if if you're a man or a woman does the shape of the ring affect how it feels on the hand well i think uh there are some misnomers out there and, and some realities um everybody's different um you may like your pants tight i may like my pants loose um and people you know people are individuals and and uh, so to come up with some blanket concept that this type of ring will always be more comfortable i think is kind of foolhardy i think that trying your ring on um, is probably the best way to determine whether this is exactly what you want and, and try to work with somebody that has the ability to make subtle modifications afterwards it's like buying a suit and having it altered I mean uh, there's nothing wrong with that you should be able to do that why not now can you do that with with all wedding bands well some companies will do it some won't so and, and it's possible to size any Kind of well, you band. you could size most wedding rings within a uh, within a, a, a specific range, and it depends whether it is, the pattern goes all the way around or not. Right. But um, obviously, the nicer rings, the patterns go all the way around, but they're also a little more difficult to work on. So you certainly want to, you know, th this comes down to the manufacturer, um, and and what you really want to do is is um, find a manufacturer. You know, deal with a, a retail outlet who has a manufacturer that stands behind his product for the life of your marriage. I mean, some do, some don't. And that's where you do research and that's how you find out. Right, right. You know, I always thought about what is the best condition to have your hands in when you're, you're sizing a ring. Because different times a year, like today, it's freezing cold outside. Well, some guys will tell you in your pockets. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. But does it matter? Will will our hands change a great deal? Yeah, they do. The and, and, and I always I, I advise people. Um, the first the first thing you want to do is you want to be adjusted to the climate where you are. So if you come in from the cold, you have to assume that the majority of time you're going to be wearing your ring. You're going to be in a in a neutral temperature zone, probably in the seventy degree range. So if you're in a store and you let your your hand adjust, that's that's a good um, starting point. Um, 
what you what you have to uh, take into consideration is that most men, specifically men, um, tend to lean towards feeling a ring fits them when it's too big, because as it gets a little tighter around their hand, they feel a little confined because they're not used to wearing it. The reality is, if it's too big, if you could you know flip your hand outwards and the ring flies off, the odds are that the ring you know, regardless of what metal you make it out, will not make it past the second or third week. And some, <laughs> some, some never make it past the honeymoon. Right, right. I've seen um, that. I've seen that. But, but the, uh, you know, on the uh, opposing side of that, you don't want to wear a ring too tight because it's not healthy. So right. what you want to do is find that happy medium where the ring will go on and off your finger pretty easily, but it won't fly off. And I think that that would be the best way of 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 uh you know sensing whether the ring fits or not you also have to keep in mind that um the wider the ring probably you'll you'll need a little larger size so if a, a ring is you know a four millimeter ring you may need a size 10 and when you go to a seven millimeter version of the same ring you may need a ten and a half so you're talking about the, the actual width, width, of, the the width band. of the band okay now do the bands change in depth as well Sometimes they they can sure. Um, some rings are very thin, some rings are thick. I I always advise people to buy something that has some substance to it. It's a piece of jewelry. No, you're, that... you're paying for the labor, you know, and, sure. and you're paying for the metal. So um, adding a little more metal proportionately doesn't increase the cost nearly as much as buying a thin ring and having to replace it. Right, and... so it extends the the life absolutely of the jewelry, especially itself. if you're buying gold. Sure. Okay. Now, what about um, wedding bands with uh, stones, diamonds mm -hmm. in them? Very, um, very popular um, lately. Now, how does shopping for a, a wedding band with diamonds differ from shopping for a uh, an engagement ring? Okay. Um, typically, wedding bands um, that have diamonds in usually the diamonds aren't as large as the diamond in the engagement ring. Um, What's more critical, I think, is when you have multiple stones in a ring, that they work together, that they match, that they have a, if you're going to be wearing it on the same hand as the engagement ring, you want similar stones, similar color. You don't want them to look very white if your engagement ring is a little bit off color and vice versa. You don't want them to be off color if your engagement ring is, is uh, very, very white. Um, so, uh, you know, you, you pay attention to the overall look, you know. It's funny, but when you're, we make a lot of a lot of diamond men's bands and and ladies bands and and uh, as opposed to an engagement ring, we tend to look when we're making the bands, we tend to look more at the diamonds as part of the overall structure as opposed to the, you know, featured uh, the featured act, which an engagement ring you're really focused on presenting the diamond. The wedding ring is more of a generic uh, 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 product where everything has to work together cohesively. Right, because those stones don't you know stand on their own. It becomes no, the no, it, it's the all part piece. of exactly. And it's it's nice that uh, um, in the last few years there there has been a significant increase in the amount of uh, men's diamond wedding bands that we're making, which I think is great. Um, I think that it's it's important for for men when they're buying a wedding band to be able to allow their personality to become involved. I, I 
for years and years, um, you know, as an observer as well as a, an involved uh, individual in, in bridal jewelry, I've seen companies and stores focus so much on selling a man a plain ring. You know, he comes in and he says, I want something plain. Well, the, the reality is, I don't Something know. clear and yeah, invisible. And invisible. <laughs> I don't know what he means by plain, but I've done enough enough trunk shows and I've worked with enough consumers to know that what he means by plain <laughs> and my initial interpretation are going to be two totally different things. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I, I think that. Uh, Plain, I want something plain could mean I really want to go home and watch the football game. What's the quickest thing <laughs> you have here? What am I doing here on a Saturday? <laughs> Absolutely. What, I, what I'll usually uh, say to a consumer is, do you really want something that's, you know, just brutally plain? Or do you want something that, you know, isn't like shocking, but it's comfortable, but something that has a little personality like you? Right. Because if he didn't have personality, the odds are she wouldn't be marrying him. Right. For so sure. you know, if the ring is a representation of the relationship, the I think that he should really um, he owes it to himself to look at um, products that are plain in appearance but have some kind of emotion or personality to them, and that's what we you know we focus on designing. I don't think you ever make an outrageous statement with a men's wedding band, but I think you can make a statement. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. That's a very good point. I don't think a lot of uh, people think about it in those terms. I think the other... It really does... It, it is a great way to to show a little bit of yourself mm -hmm. in, in, in what you choose. No, you're 100... It's just, it's just like a watch. I mean, you don't go and, and pick the plainest looking watch, not necessarily. You try to find a watch you like. Right. Well, I think the same thing has to be said for a wedding man. I, I think that uh, the, other, the other thing you find with men is that they... A lot of times, uh, think in terms of, you know, the wedding is out of control, the money is spent in every which way, but I mean, this, you know, this guy's probably been through the rigors of listening to different, you know, bands and, um, you know, tuxedos. And, and, and every other and, choice and every, that he's flowers make. And Yeah, and, and he comes in and he's looking for a wedding band and his budget's 100 Thirty-two dollars. Right. <laughs> he, he could get the ring, but you know, certainly the hundred thirty-two dollar ring has nothing to do with all the all the advice I've been giving up to now. Right, right, right. But the the, the reality is, the cake was nine hundred or twelve hundred, right. and the gown was two thousand. It goes in a box and it's gets gone. stored. It's gone. You know, so is this really where you want to sell yourself short? I, I think in hindsight, I know enough people that would do it differently. It, it would be great if you could get into people's heads and say, look, I'm not telling you spend more money than you could afford. I'm just telling you if you could afford $1,500 on a cake, then maybe when you buy a piece of jewelry that has to last you at least one lifetime, maybe $132 is unrealistic or exactly. maybe you're selling yourself short. Exactly. You know, those are all excellent, uh, excellent points. Uh, share with us a little bit about, and, and you have kind of touched on, on this uh, throughout our conversation, but talk to us about Novell. Talk about what it is that, that makes the jewelry so special that comes out of these doors. Okay. You know, Novell was founded and, and 19 years ago and remains, you know, my, my partner, Victor Novogrodsky, and I... Um, have always had pretty much the same exact focus and that's we want to be we we want to be the big company that makes every ring one at a time for a person and that's not the easiest thing to do but we seem to have stumbled upon the correct formula um when i worked as a designer for other companies 
and I was very much involved in production and I worked in factories and I've done, you know, most of the different techniques. It, it occurred to me that, um, you know, you always see when you're working somewhere, <laughs> it's very easy to see everything that's being done wrong in your essay. <laughs> so what I, what Victor and I did is we, we opened a company and we kind of threw the rule book out the window and everything we told we shouldn't or couldn't do, we did. And it just seemed to work out pretty famously for us. <laughs> um, we, we can be flexible. If there's a Novell ring and you want it wider or thinner or thicker, or you want it in platinum instead of gold or gold instead of platinum or palladium with pink gold, or you want diamonds instead of rubies or rubies instead of diamonds, and you have to have it in a week and a half. We do that. We do that. And, uh, I think the probably the most you know impressive thing about what we're capable of doing is that we really don't charge a premium for that 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 just has always been what we perceive to be our job that's what we do we make your wedding band now we may do that 3000 times a week i mean we have weeks where we make 3 or 5000 rings but we make them one at a time we're just very good at that so when you want to make a change or you want something special because this is supposed to be a special ring. We stand Absolutely. behind it, and we guarantee our rings for life. If you change size, if we can't size it, we give you a new one. Um, it's you know it, it, everything you sit and talk about here. It's rhetoric unless you stand behind it and you do all these things. You advise people, right. um, and and I think Novell has been refreshing for the jewelry industry in that we didn't know the rules and <laughs> we never followed them. So we have this whole new concept and. Uh, you know, us coming along about the same time as the resurgence in platinum, that was a that was a nice um, vehicle for us because we got involved before almost anybody else, and we really um, learned a lot about jewelry making. We learned a lot about design. We learned a lot about consumers because we had to convince consumers that platinum was as special as we said it was. So all this learning and all this knowledge in the beginning of the development of our company made us the kind of company that is constantly on a quest for new knowledge. And if you run a company like that and you're sincere and you care about people that wear your products even though you don't get to meet them, um, you should do fine. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's really a great... Uh... A, a great way of, of thinking, especially, you know, for a component of the wedding process that is really yours forever, unlike so many of the other things that a couple will plan for. Uh, that's purely a rental. This is something that you're going you're gonna to have for the rest of your life and, and hopefully uh, pass on to future generations. Now, for, um, for our listeners who want to experience your, your jewelry, what's the best way to do that? Well, they could go online to uh, NovelldesignStudio.com. Um, that's N-O-V-E-L-L, DesignStudio.com. And we'll also have a link on our website okay. uh, for that's that. Wonderful. They can go directly. And, and uh, you could look at some of our stuff there. And certainly you could look at for an uh, uh, authorized dealer. Um, and your jewelry is available all over the country? All over the country. And okay. if uh, you can't find a place you're happy with or, you, you know, you, you've had a situation where there's something that I'm telling you that we can do and you're being told you can't, um, you're always welcome to email our customer service and somebody will get back to you within 24 hours and we'll walk you through the situation. We've had enough brides over, over the years who had a specific thing they wanted in a store, didn't quite understand. So... 
they had heard the reputation or they understood our reputation and emailed us and we actually walked them into the store and we told the store exactly what they wanted and we're, we're here to help i mean we really are and let's face it you know the reality is um you do something really special for one person and a hundred people find out about it and that's how we've grown our company so right, right. we're not afraid to work for what we do great and that's that's good to hear and in in a segment of of the wedding market that requires such a great deal of trust because that's really what it boils down to uh, getting that good feeling with uh, working with someone that that you you know helps build that trust and that relationship um, is really very very important um, well I, I thank you for your time My um, we want to uh, let our listeners know that if you heard any strange sounds in the background we're actually here uh, at the factory where everything is is made uh, so that was all of that work you heard in the background. So if you've ordered a ring, uh, maybe what you heard was your wedding band being created uh, in the background as you're listening to this. But uh, uh, Bruce, thank you so much for, for being here. Uh, we certainly do appreciate you taking the time and, and speaking with our listeners, and hopefully we can do this again sometime. Um, I think this is very important uh, information that needs to, needs to be heard, and that's why... Uh, that's why we do it here at the Wedding Podcast Network. So uh, you've been listening uh, to Bruce Pucciarello from Novell, uh, jewelry designer. Uh, and uh, we hope that you enjoyed uh, listening and got some great information. If you have any questions for us, any comments, you can send us an email to the WPN at gmail.com. We'd be happy to answer any of your questions. Uh, if you have comments, you can send those along as well. And we also have a toll-free listener line, which is 1-800-882-1259. And you can leave your audio feedback there. Uh, you've been listening to the Wedding Podcast Network. I'm Robert Allen, and we'll see you next time.